You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. That's right, folks. We are back and we are here for the first blockbuster of the summer. Unless you ask Ashley, you know, <laughs> she, you know, you know, you heard last week's episode and, you know, she thought this was going to be a flop. Boy, was she wrong. So we got a great show. We are, of course, talking about Avengers Endgame, the biggest movie the opening ever. That's right, folks ever listen to that listen to what i'm saying ever and you know it's just amazing to see disney gets quicker and quicker and richer and richer all with a snap it's pretty darn awesome so we got a great crew to talk all about it this week of course let's we welcome mr mike gordon howdy you ready to jump in with this one sir I am. I am. Uh, this will be slightly shorter than the actual movie. So, and what's the great thing about this is that if you have to go to the bathroom, you can just take us with you. We don't mind. Uh, <laughs> we're good. Just uh, thank know. God this is not video. Just remember that. Just, just remember Ew. to wash your hands afterwards, because uh, yeah, we don't want to catch nothing. Exactly, and of course we want to hear from you guys at home. Please write us at EarthStation One at ESOnetwork dot com. We got a great crew with us, though. We, of course, have our regulars. Alex Autry is here. Um, glad to be here. And considering what Mike said earlier, ew. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, of course, the woman who predicted that this would be a flop, Ashley. Yes, I'm, I'm thinking this is a sign I should not quit my day job and become a box office analyst. But regardless, I'm happy to be here and to talk about the movie. Well, I heard there's some roles opening up on Wall Street if you want to try predicting that, too. Yeah, I think I, I would have about as much luck there. So <laughs> I'll stick with the blogging. Uh, oh, you do oh. such a great job at it, too. Oh, thanks. Absolutely. Thanks. We, we joke, but I should point out to the listeners, if this is the first episode you've listened to, you did not listen to last week for some strange reason, we are joking. Mm-hmm. Exactly. She loved it. She, she predicted this would be great. Predicted, just like the rest of us, that uh, yes, this was going to be the one to beat. After we all were like, <gasps> what? And she's no, no, no. I was kidding. I was kidding. No. <laughs> and I, I have officially learned my lesson too. Um, of course, the obligatory spoiler warning. But after I made that joke about Endgame being a flop, um, Disney retaliated by killing off my favorite Avenger in the film. So I have learned my lesson. No more jokes about Disney box office. I'm just going to stay in my lane and be quiet. <laughs> She was a huge Tony Stark fan, folks. Yes, yes. Rip, rip Tony Stark. Still still recovering from that one, but I'm sure we'll get into that and all that and more coming up here. What was it? Mike Gordon and a couple other people were joking. It wasn't a good weekend to be a Stark. Let's just say no, that. No, it was a great weekend to be. If, look, if I learned anything this weekend, it's Starks get done. May be, there may be a price to pay, but they will get it done. And of course, returning back to the podcast, welcome back, Jennifer Hartshorn. Hello, ESO Universe. It's good to have you back, especially for a Marvel film. It's wonderful to be back. Thank you. It's going to be, you know, it's great to have you back. You had always some great insight for Marvel stuff. And it was just, it's always great to have you to hear your thoughts on this kind of stuff. Well, thank you. It, it is one of my primary fandoms. So 
awesomeness. Of course, like we mentioned, the email address at home. But of course, you know, we're all over social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, blah, 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 blah. We're everywhere. So, you know, definitely find us. Definitely get involved with us. We definitely are up on all now major music players or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, Earth Station One is there. Uh, you could definitely listen to us now through the ESO Network feed where all the shows are available all in one spot. And that's on Apple Music it's or iTunes. You're up on Spotify, you know, all those, you know, different places. Definitely just look up Earth Station One or ESO Network. Pretty cool. You have now two ways to listen to us. And of course, thank you to our Patreons people out there. We've got some great new people joining with us. We have some big things happening with the ESO Network Patreon over the next few weeks. So look for it. And, you know, you'll even if you become a patron for as little as 25 cents a week, it's not too bad. But if you become a patron on the ESO Network at certain levels, even you will get into the geek seat. That's right. You can become a victim of the geek seat and you could then tell all your friends, I survived the geek seat with brand new, I survived the geek seat magnets. That's right. You could put it on your computer, on your car, wherever you want to, even on your refrigerator. You know, you could have the I survived the geek seat magnet. I think that's pretty awesome. So all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash ESO network. Pretty cool stuff going on. We got even more stuff happening that, you know, you'll, we'll tell you as it happens. So let us get started. Mike, you ready to jump in with both feet? I am. I am. And as Ashley pointed out, uh, we are going to be spoiling the, the heck out of this movie. So if you, for some reason, haven't seen it, well, maybe because you couldn't get in, um, then, uh, yeah, just go see it. Uh, and then, um, you know, go see it. Go to the restroom and then you can listen to the show because, um, yeah, that's a, it's a long movie and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, this is, this is an event. Uh, before we get into our overall view of it, Alex, I have to ask you just, you know, it's been only for about four or five days. Give us a perspective box office wise of just what a juggernaut this is. Okay. So, um, just because I figured you would ask. How about the fact that it it currently holds 26 different (laughs) records? That's some Twinkie. Yeah. (laughs) Largest Thursday preview, widest opening, largest Friday, largest opening day, largest single day, largest Saturday, largest Sunday. Largest domestic opening weekend. Number one, the market share one I think is hysterical. It took in 90% of the market share. Now, here's where it gets even more fascinating. The weekend grossed the highest ever weekend for the month of April. And it took 90% of it. It's it's unbelievably huge. Uh, largest worldwide opening weekend, international wow. weekend. International opening weekend was eight hundred and fifty nine million dollars. Jeez, fastest to three hundred million, three hundred fifty million in three days. Previous record: Star Wars: The Force Awakens at six. Damn. This movie, by the time we start recording this episode will be the number one movie in the country 
for the year, it will overtake the 400 million that Captain Marvel took from March to now to get. <laughs> and Captain Marvel was the number two movie in the country this weekend. <laughs> this is just crazy. At Eight million. That's a, that's it's amazing. Unbelievable. I mean, this is we we all agreed it was going to be big. This movie outpaced Disney's estimate. We joked that this weekend Disney was making all of the money. Disney made all of yeah. the money, and somebody <laughs> said, wait, we've got some over here to give Captain Marvel. And Disney said, we'll take it. <laughs> um, wow, I wonder if uh, folks saw this and as they somehow thought they'd pass on Captain Marvel if they saw this and went, ooh, let's go catch that now. That it's still There's cool. a lot of people uh, who easily went to see Captain Marvel as a refresher. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's that man. It's amazing. The um, I saw I think um, something that said that uh, that already even after four days, uh, it's already in the top twenty of uh, the highest grossing films, um, certainly of the twenty first century. Um, and it's yeah, I mean it's it's well on its way to you know becoming. Easily in the top ten of all time, possibly, and very possibly. I mean, I don't know. I mean, does Avatar need to be worried? That's a good oh, question. Yeah. The, domestic wise, for the uh, for all time, it is currently ranked number forty six. Um, Captain Marvel is listed at number twenty five, so it gives you an idea of just how close all of these are. Um, but movies that that Avengers Endgame will pass by the end of this week will include Return of the King, Spider-Man 2, uh, the Jurassic Park, The Hunger Games, and then Iron Man 3, Captain America Civil War, Wonder Woman. Uh, it's going to pass all of them by Friday. Just, It's amazing to think back, like in 2008, who would have thought, seeing the first Iron Man movie, that this is where the story would wrap up. Like, It's just mind-blowing. You could have put money on it and would have made a fortune. Nobody would predict this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's, I think it's, it's sort of, you know, actually plays into my overall feeling after watching it. And, uh, and, and yeah, I will, we'll, we'll, we'll send it around, uh, the station here, but, um, I guess I'll just say that I, I'm still in awe of it really the 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 what what the mcu walt disney marvel kevin Feige at the helm i'm sure there's so many other people to mention but um have accomplished here is nothing short of historical and just so impressive i can't believe i think a lot of us in the that you know grew up in the 70s when we saw Jaws, when we saw Star Wars, when we saw that blockbuster being the summer blockbuster being born mm-hmm. and changing everything, changing the industry, changing pop culture, changing everything. Uh, who who would have thought that we'd actually live to see that happen again? And and here it is, you know, uh, 2019, and it has happened again. What Marvel has done as as 
been as impressive as it is. And other studios are clamoring to try to do this as well. And they just can't, they mm-hmm. just can't do it. They, they, they keep trying and they can't, they come up short. This is just truly, but they're going to continue to try for mm-hmm. the next maybe 50 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll try to recreate this. Um, and, and Marvel will in themselves, like this is sort of a, a the end of a chapter, the end of a book one, so to speak. I mean, I know they've got in phases, but really, this is the end of a a, a decade long journey. Um, now they've got a they've got to kind of start over as well, and uh, I can't wait to get into that discussion as well. But I want to hear what you guys going into it. I know that a lot of us, uh, you know, had high hopes for sure. Uh, overall, did it live up to them? And I want to start with Jennifer because we haven't heard from you in a long time. I know. I know. <laughs> Too um, so, uh, so yeah, I, I loved it. I think it had the perfect ending. I think that there were, uh, I, I loved the way that everything resolved. I have some gripes with some stuff sort of in the middle and whatnot, but I think that, that overall it was the perfect capstone to the the Infinity Stones saga or the Tony Stark saga, depending on how you look at it. Sure. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was it was there were I think there were some missteps and there were some things that that I I feel like there must be a reason behind. But um, you know, a lot of the humor in this did not land. It's not that they weren't trying to do jokes, but they just didn't didn't land as well. As as I usually expect from the MCU, um, you know, just as an example, that that last scene with Thor and uh, and Star Lord, where they're like, you know, like moving the map and stuff, that just, I mean, those are like two of the best comedic actors in this franchise, and and that whole scene was just like, huh? I mean, it just was was kind mm-hmm. of boring. So, um, and and my my one of my biggest things is. Uh, one of the, I mean, one of the many, 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 many amazing things that, that this saga has done, but um, the, the story of Tony Stark in particular, who's in his story has reached out its tendrils into almost every other movie in the entire thing. But um, the way that they dealt with his PTSD after the battle of New York, I thought was just really amazing and, and very nuanced and very cool. And then in this, we have Thor go through this traumatic thing of, of, you know, having failed to kill Thanos and failed to stop the snap. And then he finally kills Thanos and he had, he's going through some trauma of his own and we end up with two hours of fat jokes. And that I was not super happy with, but on the whole, I loved it. Okay, fair enough. Fair. Yeah, I want to get into uh, like a lot of that as well, um, uh, especially with uh, talking about the characters, because ultimately, I think this is. A, I mean, it's a character piece. I mean, it's all. It's been about characters since day one. I mean, some of the plots have been, you know, problematic uh, at times, um, but because we love the characters, we forgive a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I, I felt that as well. Uh, certainly with this one, uh, there was just a lot of things that I was kind of like, mm, I'm not really sure about that one way or another, but, but be- I'll accept it because, oh, this is really cool. <laughs> like, yeah. They, they don't, they don't give you enough time to actually be upset about anything that you don't like. I mean, something, true. something else comes in so fast <laughs> that you love that, you know, it, 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 
you don't have the the time to wallow in it at all. Absolutely. That's so true. So I'm still in a lot of ways, you know, it's still cooking on this, still processing mm-hmm. uh, this, uh, this, this achievement. Um, you know, I'm, I'm impressed with the, with what they've done and I'm satisfied, but you know, as far as uh, seeing it over and over again, as to how this is going to rank among my own personal favorite movies. That's I'm still kind of like still processing, but um, Ashley, what about you? Well, gosh, I I don't even know where to kind of start reviewing a movie like this. Um, as others have commented, I don't know that we've really seen an example of a film like this. That's a culmination of a decade in over 20 movies. Um, it's something that we've not seen before, I don't think, and you, we may never see again. But to me, this was a really emotionally satisfying film, um, kind of as some others have pointed out, there are things you can pick out about this. Um, I think if you sit down and really start trying to map out all the time travel rules and logics that you're going to find some holes and problems with that. But what I mostly took away was the characters. And I think in particular, uh, Tony Stark, who is my favorite Avenger. And, you know, walking out of this movie the first time, I did get a chance to see it twice this weekend. I was upset because I really had not anticipated that um, Tony was going to be the one who died. But um, I think that in the end, I'll I'll be satisfied with that ending because I think they did a really great job kind of tying all his character threads together. He's been on such an amazing journey, um, kind of gone from the spoiled playboy to now possibly the greatest Avenger and getting, he gets to be the one to make the sacrifice and to stop Thanos and to, save the galaxy. And so um, I, I just really enjoyed seeing all those little character moments. Um, Captain America as well, seeing him finally get his um, happy ending and that dance with Peggy Carter. If I wasn't crying before that moment, that definitely did it to me. Um, and just seeing him catch Thor's hammer, like what a great moment. Like oh I just like, wanted to scream in the theater. I didn't because I didn't want to bother the people next to me. The but, whole um, audience at our theater just broke out into applause. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I just cheered. Yeah. That happened both times I watched it. Just what a great moment. And I think that's, again, a testament to what the yeah. MCU has done, that those, move, those moments weren't just fan service. Like, it felt like it was earned. Like, we've built up through all these movies. Like, yes, Captain America is worthy. He does deserve to catch the hammer. So, definitely. Are there some things that would have changed here and there? Are there some things that could have been approved or maybe described a little bit better? Yes. But at the end of the day, the heart of this movie is these characters. And I'm glad we got to see the end of their story arcs. I am glad that they gave us a definitive ending with this movie. And regardless of what happens from the MCU from um, here, what a great 20 film arc and what a great story. And I'm, I'm glad I got a chance to see this franchise develop and then to watch its end in theaters. Well said. Well said. I am. I'm really glad that uh, I've been alive for this too. It's been unbelievable. Um, yeah. I just. I'm still, like I said, in awe still. Um, yeah. Alex, of course, I keep mentioning, you know, bringing up the fact that uh, when when Infinity War came out, you were not at, as satisfied as the rest of us with that movie. Um, and, and to be fair, I'm still not. Okay. Good. Okay. Fair enough. So, fair enough. But. But how, so how was Endgame for you? Um, <clears throat> it's, it's interesting from our perspective, because again, as mentioned, 
we've never seen anything like this before. Um, you could say that there was a, um, what's the phrase? You, you could say with the, with the Star Wars trilogies, you know, we had that beginning, middle and end thing, but in that regard, it was always one single story. With this, we have 21 different films leading to this point. And we get there. And as a comic book fan, I thought this was amazing. Now, as a movie fan, I thought this was amazing. <laughs> um, I, I saw it uh, before I should have been able to um, <laughs> and uh, saw it in a theater of 45 people ranging in age from 15 years old to 60. And when that movie was playing, everybody in there was eight years old. Okay. (laughs) Every last person taken into this world where, you know, one, you, you had that, that buildup and we'll get into all of that. Uh, But the, the whole world building afterwards and where everybody is and, and what everybody's doing and all that. And then, and then the idea of, of being able to, to pull off this thing to where they can fix it. And then, and then the last 40 minutes. Um, and I, I literally joked all weekend long with folks. I said, if you've bought a ticket for this movie, you're going to use the whole seat except for the last hour of the movie, at which point you're only using the edge. (laughs) And, it, the people of Disney and the people of Marvel should be very, very happy with themselves. They pulled off something that could not be done, and they did it perfectly. Well, just think about it. You know, they also helped sell Depends undergarments, too. Just <laughs> <laughs> I, did like, I did like the, the batch of uh, the, the, the whole series of Avengers diapers. Uh, ads that showed up on the internet. So, so Mike, what about you? What's, 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 what's your overall view? Did they pull it off? Oh, of course they pulled it off. I think they did a wonderful job. It had some highs and lows. I thought it was great to see all the stories wrapped up. I liked seeing, you know, time travel theories that we've grown up with through Doctor Who, Back to the Future, all the other stuff thrown out the window completely. (laughs) (laughs) But it was just a great, great time. And it was fun. There was, you know, some very sniffly, sad points, but there were also points where you just were laughing and cheering and, you know, you're going, then the next scene you were going, Oh my God, look at that. And everything made sense how they put the pieces together. It was not rushed. It felt like everything was thought through, and that was what got it for me. You know, there we'll talk, I'm sure, over the next however long we chat for tonight about, you know, things that didn't work. And how many Lebowski jokes did we really need? 
you know. <laughs> you know. Oh, just wait till everybody at Dragon Con is dressing up as. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, of course, I'm fully expecting it. Hell, you know, I might even do it. So, you know, it wouldn't be that far of a stretch. So we'll have to wait and see. But, you know, it was just a lot of good things. I was freaked out. I saw Ronan on screen. You know, never in a million years would I have ever thought, you know, we had Hawkeye. Why would we get, why mm-hmm. would we get Ronan? You know, right. and, you know, it was, and it was perfectly explained why he became Ronan. It was just so well done. And I, I really applaud them for it. The, uh, I think the story-wise, I mean, we're going to, we could go so many different ways here, but I think one thing I'm curious about is, okay, so uh, this is really, even though they, you know, are, are uh, titled separately, this is really part two of Infinity War. Um, and uh, Infinity War, you know, has the, the, it ends with the snap with uh, a lot of folks dead and uh the, you know this movie starts with the repercussions of that and how to and how to fix it how to you know um uh, resolve that that cliffhanger um so as far as a as a resolution of that because we've had a year to think about it and there were all these theories out there online and as far as a resolution to that particular issue how satisfied were you with the with the end result, uh, Jennifer? Uh, very. Um, I like I said. I think that that the the issues that I had um, were 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 not you know not tiny, but the the whole package was it was perfect. I mean, the the ending of it was perfect. It was it was perfect both as the ending of this movie and of these two movies together and of these twenty one movies together. Um, just the way that they wrapped everything up, I just thought was was phenomenal. Um, the the amount of closure that we got, uh, you know, people have, have mentioned, you know, Tony's Tony's plotline to, to, to have him get to interact with his dad again. Oh my god, that that whole scene was amazing. And uh, and even the annoying kid from Iron Man three showed up at his funeral. So. <laughs> but you also got so many other <laughs> cameos in this, which was pretty darn oh amazing. Oh my god, Alexander Pierce! I just died. I'm like, oh my god, it's Robert Redford. Mm, there was, exactly. there was, like, I have gotten used to so many big names uh, being part yeah. of the MCU, but I, I guess it's a testament to you know growing up uh, when I grew up, but. I, I still, when I still see Robert Redford, I'm like, holy, Robert Redford, like, what's he doing in this? Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's, that's right, he's a character in the MC. Like, he takes me right out of it. I'm sorry, but I just am such an awe of of the fact that they got Robert Redford. Um, and uh, even after he, quote, unquote, retired, uh, uh-huh. you know, uh, that's that's just amazing. So, but, I mean, we've seen, you know, a lot of, quote, unquote, A-listers, uh, mm-hmm. uh, throughout Scattered. Glenn Close wasn't in this one, nope. but she was in Guardians. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, Sylvester Stallone wasn't in this one, but he, you know, so mm-hmm. so there's, yeah, they're not afraid to pull out big names, but I mean, you've got, you know, Michael Douglas, Michelle Pfeiffer, um, mm-hmm. you know, Academy Award winning Marissa Torme, like, so, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, contractually obligated to say that before I say that. 
Um, but um, uh, she, uh, but there's, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, when are you ever going to get a cast like this uh, together again? I, it's, it's strange, but um, so, but I am curious, like, so um, I guess to get in the weeds of it, um, like when it starts, when this movie starts, it did not start the way I thought it was going to start. Like it really oh didn't God. like oh, with them, like oh immediately God. like going, we're, let's get Thanos. We know where he is. Let's go get him. And they kill it. Well, Thor kills him. And then we're left with, oh. Uh, now what? Yeah. And then you get that, that, that big caption that just says five years later, which I, I don't know about you, but I, I didn't expect that. The crowd I, was, I saw it with did not expect that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the audible gasp yes. yeah. of the word years popping up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, was fantastic. But what, this, this is, again, part of the testament to how great this film is because they took the time to go, okay, five years has passed. Here's where we are now. Mm-hmm. Here's how the world has gotten. You had all those boats crammed in in New York. Clearly mm-hmm. everybody went there. That's the idea is that if, you know, if half the country's empty, everybody went to the one big city that exists because apparently in the Marvel universe, it's New York. And that's well, no, they were also in <laughs> San Francisco, dude. And it's that's true. They were all in San Francisco, um, so. But really, they were all in Atlanta. They were all, yeah. They were, they were, they were, they were all on Claremont Drive if they were going to uh, Scott Pimp's house, uh, Scott Lang's house. Anyway, um, well, I loved seeing the landmark, the little landmark diner that's over yeah. down off of Cheshire Bridge. That's where yeah. the Hulk scene was. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they the the fact is, is you know they put this whole thing together, this whole recreated universe it's like we knew where we were before now let's show you how things have changed and having uh uh uh, having having cap leading a uh a a therapy group basically a therapy group yeah which was what sam was doing so clearly he was honoring sam Mm mm-hmm by doing that, I thought, wow, I mean, that is, you know, how much of these people are, how, how many people are doing things solely because it was what needed to be done by other people? Well, think about mm-hmm. it. Cause you know, that was one of the topics we were talking about after we walked out of the movie. This was five years later, people were slowly coming out of it, slowly getting on with their lives they were all mm-hmm. traumatized. They, everyone lost loved ones or family members or whatever. And people started new relationships. People started getting on with their lives and such. And then if you think about it, when Hulk does the snap, everyone comes back and they all think yeah. they've been gone three seconds mm-hmm. and such. Think about how much turmoil is going to be, you know, <laughs> for that. I'm really interested to see how much of that they address in far from home because that was, that was just weird for me because like if half the high school got snapped, then has like everyone in Peter's class already graduated or like half half of them, you know, that's one of the things and is, you know, this is the movie then takes place, you know, the five years later, that's 2023. Yeah. All those kids that were in Peter's class are probably just graduating college at this point. 
That's interesting. I didn't even think about that. (laughs) There are other implications that friends of mine and I have discussed regarding this. Um, And, and again, if you want to nitpick at this whole concept, (laughs) um, hospital overcrowding, Mm -hmm. because a moment ago you had people who were on life support. You had people who are in the hospital uh, who just vanished and now you filled up those beds and now mm-hmm. the people are back, yep. which is uncomfortable. Prisons, oh half of those people gone. Now, if they were serving a four year sentence <laughs> and came back five years later, <laughs> do they How's technically need yeah. to be re- released? I mean, and also the fact that if a if a cell has two beds and suddenly three people are in there, <laughs> you know, there are these all awkward. these weird little awkward implications uh, of what can happen. And I mean, you just and like okay, what about suicide people? What about people who are contemplating suicide who suddenly mm-hmm. vanished and then came back? What's their mindset? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, you saw a little bit of it with Cassie and Scott. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cassie, who who is all of a sudden, people were like, no, she's 15. I'm like, she's CW 15. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she, she's 15 like the people on River, Riverdale are 15. Yeah. Fif- 15, like, 16. Luke, yeah. Uh, like, like Luke Perry on the original 902. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Getting Social Security at the same time. The uh, Just, I, I think it yeah I mean there's a, certainly a lot to think about there, um, but also the fact that you know for all those people everybody the whole really universe has like one little rat in a van to thank for everything like if that rat mm-hmm. doesn't do what it does, um, nothing nothing happens. So wait, so you're telling me it was all started by a mouse? Oh no! M O U S E. It's really a rat. <laughs> they, make no mistake, that's no mouse there. That is a rat. But uh, but I, I appreciate the joke. Thank you. Um. Uh. So yeah, I mean, I guess in you know Stephen Strange's you know many many viewings of what could happen and what could go right, he's like, oh, the rat. Like that's that's the key. The <laughs> so one way that one rat in that one van. Um, so I certainly didn't expect you know anything like that. Um, uh, the, but it, the rat was secretly Loki, you know. Yeah. But and and like mm. yeah, I really, I, I do. I, the only thing I'll, I'll uh, the only couple of things I want to say about the the time thing is that I really appreciate the fact that we have not one but at least two or three characters tell us up front that we don't know anything about time travel and it's really complicated. So don't even try to think about it because you don't understand mm-hmm. it. So anything that happens after that is just, we just don't understand. It. Like, like don't even try to think about it. Don't argue about it. Don't don't because look, they've got it figured out and that's how, this is how it works. So don't, don't worry about it. Don't sweat it. Um, the only thing that I found problematic about that was the fact that if Thanos is dead, I oh, like 2014, if Thanos is dead, I'm like, how does any of the other stuff happen? 
wibbly wobbly timey wimey. I know, yeah. I know, but I'm like, I mean, some you know, they do such a good they they make such a big deal about oh, I got to put the, we got to put the stones back, we got to put the hammer back in play. But I'm like, don't you have to put Thanos back? <laughs> like, <laughs> like because if he's not there, then nothing happens. Uh, but you know, it's that's you know whatever. So. Well, it's the same thing with Gamora and, the, you know, the rest of them. Mm-hmm. You know, the, there's such a a gap there. And, you know, they obviously caused, or as the Watcher used to call, an alternate reality. They, right. they, mm-hmm. we, well, and, you know, they, they kind of bring that up, too. Like, every time someone explains... That's the other thing. Every time someone explains time travel in this movie, it's a different thing. They contradict each other. Mm-hmm. So it just really, it's, it, I mean, it really kind of drives you bonkers if you try to get your head around it. Um, so I, I have to give them, so I give them a pass, just like I give them a pass because I'm like, really, this is the, the, the spots where you guys feel you can get the stones the best. They have the best chance. I give them a pass <laughs> because it's so fun to watch them go back to these particular time periods. Yeah, exactly. So oh, I, I, loved, I, I loved it when, you know, they went back to when the first Avengers movie and Hulk mm-hmm. was like, go smash something. And he was like, boom, bang. And he was just like, <laughs> so lackluster about it. Seems <laughs> a bit gratuitous, but okay, you know. I I, I I appreciated that. Well, I mean, whoever thought that we'd go back to Thor too? Like, really? That's what's on the top. Of Seriously. <laughs> but um, quick, somebody bust out some exposition because nobody remembers this film. <laughs> yeah. Like I had totally forgotten the subplot of that movie. The uh, I did not. Um, yeah. So that, that that's what that's what I'm saying. Like, the, it, there's just a lot in this movie that it's it 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 makes it means so much to us character wise and it means so much to us, even in this 10, 10 year, like nostalgia trip to go back to these particular spots, you know? And it's funny because there there were a bunch of TV stations trying to capitalize on this this weekend and showing, you know, as many of the Marvel movies as they could. And I heard so many people comment on the fact that, Oh, you know, I went back and, and saw Iron Man three this weekend, which I would never do, but Oh my gosh, I I saw all these things in it that, that I, I wouldn't have appreciated if it wasn't for just having seen Endgame. And I think that this is, I mean, this is going to get a lot of people going back and and dipping into the the previous movies and seeing things that that they had never noticed before. So it's it's really like like building up the the franchise as a whole even more. Yes, yes, because you want to rewatch a lot of that stuff. Um, exactly. Yeah, it, it's it's really clever in that regard. And. For me personally, I think my favorite of the, 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 where they go back and have those moments and relive those moments, uh, the genius of the, the elevator scene. Oh, um, yes. Oh my God. The, when, the the el- when, when the elevator opens, a cap standing there, the elevator opens, and I'm like, holy crap. I mean, are we going to get this again? Like, that's one of the best, like, fight scenes, like, ever, right? Ever? And are they going to try to top that? What are they doing? And, when Cap just whispers "Hail Hydra" uh, to one of the guys, it's like genius, genius, genius. Because not only yep. is it a way out of this, but it's also um, an homage to to the whole comic. Exactly thing. right. I mean, it's just perfect, and that's just the fact that it plays out. A lot of moments play out like that, you know, mm-hmm. the Cap versus Cap fight, 
where you know do you, you mean captain right? america with the all-american ass <laughs> <laughs> it is america's that, ass. it is america's sure. ass you know uh, uh, but you know, when Cap says to him, I could do this all day. He's like, I know, like, I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like there's just so many good moments like that. Um, but I want to, okay. So we have to talk about, there's so many characters and I, and I don't think we have time to get to them all, but I would love to hear your, um, thoughts about particular MVP performances or, character arcs in this movie that are either resolved or, or brought up actually for the first time. Um, Jennifer, is there anybody that in particular that you want to give an MVP to as far as character acting wise? Um, well, I get, I, I'll, I'll, I'll leave, I'll leave my first choice for Ashley. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 and I'll go with the, the second, I'll let somebody else take my second choice and say, I loved what the way everything went down with uh, Clint and Natasha in this. Um, they're uh, getting to, to see uh, Clint as, as Ronan was amazing. Getting to see that, that moment with his daughter at the beginning. And oh my God, I am so there for an all team girl squad Avengers uh, movie with, with, uh, with her and with Cassie and with Shuri. And I'm just, I'm, I'm there for it. But anyway, um, I, I I loved his arc because I mean Hawkeye has gotten no, no pun intended shafted so badly in we, these we movies. We intend the pun around here, Jennifer. Yes, just, <laughs> I, mean, I know it's been a while, it. but <laughs> just lean okay, into the pun. Enough. Just lean into it. Yeah. All right. So so yeah. So he 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 has he has gotten the short end of the stick, as it were, um, in in these movies, and getting to see him. Uh, do having an amazing fight scene in in Japan, having the 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 time with his family, and then that is as soon as they started like splitting up into teams for who's going to go get one stone. I was like, oh no, <laughs> I see where this is going. <laughs> and it was just a matter of. And my thinking was was that um, it was it was going to be uh, Clint that was that was going to die because. Um, Clint has a lot of people that he loves. Natasha really only has him. And I mean, it's, it's a, it's a friend love. It's not, but, but it's, she's, so anyway, I I thought if it had to be like the one most important person in the world to you, then I thought he was going to be the one to die. But their fight scene of, of each of them trying to sacrifice themselves was, it was masterful. And I love, it's funny when, when Ashley was saying that they killed my favorite Avenger, at first I was like, oh, she's talking about Black Widow. <laughs> <laughs> she's another favorite, actually, so they came for me hard, this movie. Yeah, and that was yeah one same, that nobody same, saw. Absolutely. I don't think anybody saw that one. No. There was all this talk about Chris and about the two Chrises and, well, actually there's three in this, but, um, you know, the, like Chris Evans is done with his contract. And Robert mm-hmm. Downey Jr. is probably getting tired of it. And yeah, Chris Helmsworth is probably going to move on. So there's all this talk about who we're going to lose. I don't, I think because of the news that we were getting a Black Widow. Movie, getting a movie, yeah. I think a lot of people were just like, that's eh, safe. Yep. But... But so that was the, the, the way that their their plot line happened over the course of, uh, of of the movie. And even just things like like seeing Natasha have to be like the 
<laughs> the responsible adult back at Avengers headquarters, like trying to coordinate things all over the world. And it's like, that—that that is so not who she is, but somebody's got to do it. You know, the, the, the whole, the whole tagline with this, whatever it takes. Um, so just see, seeing the, the, the plot arc of those two, I, I figure, I figured that there's, there's two obvious answers to that. I'll let others take those, but, but that was, that was my, my third favorite. And, and, and yeah, I mean, right when you said, uh, you know, Hawkeye, um, the, when the movie opens, mm. I mean, how brutal is that? We all know what's coming. <laughs> and yes. poor Clint has no clue. And everybody mm-hmm. in that theater is just waiting. Just gasp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, it's such a heartbreaking moment. Right off the bat. Like that's how the movie starts with breaking your heart yep. again. Like, thanks, 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 guys. Like a real <laughs> quick reminder of the end of Ant Man and Wasp. Yes. <laughs> yes. Just like remember how yeah. good you felt until this moment? <laughs> Here it is again. <laughs> exactly. And taking oh, his whole family on top of it. Yeah. It was just like <gasps> oh no. It was it was just like that was a way to start it. And it was it was a great payoff for for um, Age of Ultron, you know, because we we invested so much time in meeting his family. And, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of push and pull between Joss Whedon and the studio over that. But it was it was nice that that had a a payoff, that, that it mattered that we had had that time with them. In Age of Ultron. Oh, of course. And I loved how they got all the little details. Even Clint having to wear the ankle bracelet for the FBI. Yes. Yep. At, the very bo- at the very beginning. Because you saw that mm-hmm. all through Ant-Man and Wasp in the last mm-hmm. time. So, because he had the same deal that uh, Scott did. Yep. Good call. Mm-hmm. So, and it was just, it was neat to see the little things. And for one, I was so, so glad they didn't redo the whole, you know, where's Fury scene from the end of Captain Marvel in this one. Mm-hmm. That it was already, that had already happened. And Carol yeah. was already part of the team. That was, that, that's why it was a big surprise when we were free, you know, at the beginning, we're trying to figure out how, like, you're wondering how Tony's going to get out of it, right? How they're dead mm-hmm. in space, how, what's going to happen. And there she shows up. There's Carol. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. I loved how they, you know, through the five years later, they modernized her, you know, with her haircut to match the comic book the way it is. Yeah, I, I she looked like Tasha Yar. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> wow. I, I, I get I get that it was it was matching up with the comic, but I was just like, oh, man, really? No, nope, I, totally I, I, I like the longer. It. I like the longer hair personally. <laughs> totally fine with it. Uh, Ashley, you got an MVP for us? I do indeed, and um, I'm I'm going to go with Tony Stark, of course. Um, Iron Man is still my favorite MCU movie. Um, Iron Man's my favorite Avenger, and one of my favorite all-time film characters. Robert Downey Jr. is my favorite actor, so I'm I'm a big big fan. And I wasn't even worried that he was going to die in this movie, actually, because I had it in my mind that. You know, I bet he's going to retire. You know, they teased him, you know, wanting to start a family. He's going to cameo in the MCU. And then they start they showing that he has a daughter. So I thought there is no way they're going to kill him. <laughs> he is safe. And then surprise. Um, yeah. So that, that was kind of hard to see. But I have just... Robert Downey Jr. has just brought so much to this role. Um, I He really is Iron Man. And just his humor, his charisma... 
but also letting us slowly peel back some of the layers of this character. I, um, as mentioned earlier, I appreciated how they showed, you know, the PTSD he experienced after mm-hmm. the first Avengers film. Cause I mean, how could you not, how could you not see some of those things? And Tony is such a confident guy that sometimes I forget, you know, he doesn't have any superpowers. He has this suit, he has this intelligence, but he doesn't have powers. He doesn't have magic. So this is really an ordinary guy against the world. And how could you even imagine standing up to someone like Thanos, but he never backs down. He goes to Titan to fight Thanos. And when he fails, um, that's another thing I appreciated about the five-year time jump is that it gave Tony kind of an interesting moral dilemma. He Mm -hmm. has a daughter now. He has a good life. And if he decides to do this time heist thing, he could lose all of that. And it's easy to sit back and judge him and say, oh, you know, you should help. You should try to undo the snap. But how many of us would hesitate if we, like, you can help save the world, but you may lose your family and friends dearest to you. So I, I really related to that struggle and I thought it made it even more powerful when he does step up. And as sad as I am that Tony had to be the one who died, I appreciated that they gave him a really meaningful arc. Like if you're going to kill off a character like this, um, make sure it's done with it's poignant and it's powerful and, just this character went out in such a great way. And then just seeing the funeral scene at the end, like everybody's lives that he had touched and then seeing Nick Fury at the end too. Like he was the first one who kind of helped start the Avengers initiative in this film. And uh, of course, you know, part of me thinks I would have preferred, man, gosh, I wish he would have lived, but it was just a really moving ending. And I, I do feel satisfied with his character arc. And I would love someday in the future to see a film with his daughter, taking up one of the Iron Man suits and becoming a superhero and kind of carrying on his legacy. That is something I would really love to see. But even though I'm sad, I won't be seeing my favorite character again. um, I really can't complain because I thought they handled his character arc so well and just so grateful that Robert Downey Jr. got to be a part of the MCU and looking forward to seeing what he does next. I thought it was interesting that of the five years later, you know, Cap, is uh, Steve's is saying that you know or we keep telling people to move on and yet we have mm-hmm. a hard time moving on and Nat's having a hard time with it Thor obviously is having a hard time with it um but Tony seems kind of fine like Tony's like I wow Tony actually has moved I'm on. moving on yes. like yeah I, I'm like this is the way the world is now let's you know uh, and granted, he's still got, you know, it doesn't take much to get him back into thinking like what might have been. But even he says like the and this is the thing that also one of the surprises that I, I saw, too, was like because I I expected this was going to end with or you know, the res- resolution was going to be a total, complete reset. Mm-hmm. And in, Same. And yeah. instead, you know, Tony's like the only way I'm doing this is if the last five years still happen. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and kudos for them not taking the easy way out with that. Yeah, that was a that was a unique thing. Yeah, one of my biggest worries about this film, actually, after watching Infinity War, was um, if would the snap be undone too easily? Would it be like, oh, we just everything is okay? We got rid of Thanos. Mm-hmm. Everyone's bringing back, and you know, when you have this film, that's the culmination of twenty movies. Like, you don't want it to be just swept under the rug. Like. As hard as which it is, hurts. Which is why that whole thing with Thanos at the, the beginning with, with him dying like 15 minutes in the movie was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. I, 
I really like that because that kind of unsettled us and like, okay, how's this going to go? So I think that unfortunately some major characters did need to die, but I appreciated how tastefully they handled it. And they really made those deaths count. Like, yes, they are giving their lives to literally save the universe. So mm-hmm. if you're going to have to say goodbye to these characters, they, they did it the best way possible. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Alex MVP. Um, well, my, my, First initial two were obviously Tony Stark and Natasha Romanoff. So um, <laughs> I guess I'm going to go with Howard the Duck. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is in it. He's in it. Him. He makes an appearance. He appears in an eighth of a second, but he's there. <laughs> he's there. <laughs> he's there ready to fight. No, it's got to be Cap. It's got to be Cap. Um, terrific story where, you know, he keeps saying over and over again, we've got to move on. And he's always talked about how. You know, he lost his his only love, um, you know, 75 years ago and and how, you know, he understands that he's a man out of time. Uh, And now suddenly he's got the opportunity uh, to to fix all that and maybe not talk about the fact that he might have made out with his great niece. Um, (laughs) But um, one of the things that I love uh, about this film is is there uh, there is a nice callback uh, in uh, Age of Ultron when they're at Hawkeye's house, Tony Stark mm-hmm. says, you know, maybe I could do this, build a farm, me and, you know, uh, me, me and, mm-hmm. and Pepper. And boom, five years later, Scott is, he's, you know, on a lake house. So, you know, he, he has done that clearly. But um, for me, it's, 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 there was not a dry eye in the house when Steve showed up late for his dance. Mm-hmm. And Agreed. I just thought that was fantastic. And I love the fact that, that we have that moment where he doesn't show up and Bucky goes, Sam, over yep. there. Um, mm-hmm. That tells me that Steve had already talked to Bucky. I don't think he talked to him. I think Bucky just knew. No, I think, yeah. I, I think he talked to him because – the two of them did the don't do anything stupid while I'm gone line. And that was their goodbye mm-hmm. from the, first. you're taking all the stupid. And that was the yeah. goodbye from the first movie. Um, mm-hmm. Fair enough. Either so way. I, it works. Abso- I absolutely believe it because Sam, because uh, Bucky's the one that kept pushing Sam to go talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, right. he had, he had determined that, yeah, this was going to happen and that Sam was going to become Captain America. Uh, or at Possibly. least the shield. Possibly, yeah. yeah. And it just that just makes just mentioning that just makes me so freaking happy that I I I haven't seen any of it thankfully online, but I'm sure there were certain people whose heads exploded that Captain America is going to be an African American guy. Uh, well, it goes right with the comics though too. No, absolutely, right, it does. But they're all, like, with, I, with, everybody who I've seen is like, why wasn't it? Why wasn't it Bucky first? Why wasn't it Bucky? Right, right. and, and in the MCU, it, it just can't be. Yeah, the MCU Bucky just is the Winter Soldier, and there's no coming back for yeah. that. The, the, he's not. He's not Captain America. You know, he doesn't have the same history that Bucky did in the in the comics. So you can't. There's no way that would be. You would be able to pull that off. Because uh, Captain America has to stand for something like from the for the people, right? And Bucky's just a Winter Soldier's just is he's an assassin. So 
But I was I was super excited to see Falcon get the shield in the end because that was literally my one prediction about mm-hmm. Endgame that came true, and I'm <laughs> so I was super excited to see that, and I love Falcon as a character, but that that was my one thing that I guessed. The Sorry. only one that I guessed was finding out that Doctor Strange was Ray's father. And that <laughs> I'm holding it out for the director's cut at this point. Um, no, I mean, Cap, Cap got his got his big thing when the moment he got to hold the hammer. And I don't know if anybody else heard it because I didn't even hear it uh, until the second time. But uh, when he's got the hammer, Thor yells, mm-hmm. I knew it. Yep. Yep. Yes. Yep. Which I knew it. Um, because it means that he he clearly knows that that Cap played off that he couldn't lift the hammer. See, I I'm not positive about that. I I think I think that my my theory with with Age of Ultron for for a long time now has been that Steve could have, but that Steve had was harboring so much guilt about not telling Tony. Oh. Um, about his his father, that yes, he was worthy, but he didn't feel like he was worthy. Ooh, I like that theory. <laughs> Possibly, that's good. That's good. That's, that's good. good. I, I like it the other way simply <laughs> because it's 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 typical of of Cap to do something like, yeah, I could lift this, but why ruin it for for? <laughs> that's <her>? true. Yeah. <laughs> the way it works. Let let the raccoon lift it. You know. Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, that was one of the cool things, like when you know. Finally, when Cap went back in time, he not only took the stones with him, he also took Thor's hammer. Well, he had to return it. Yeah, he had to return it in time to Asgard. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At first I was like, has he just got the hammer now? Is that is that just like his his now? And then I was like, no, he's returning it. That's uh, at first <laughs> it threw me though, because I was but boy, that imagery of of him using not just like getting the hammer. Like when it when he first gets it, you're just like, oh, cool, he's got it, and then he starts using then it. Then he uses and, it, and yeah. uses it with the power. Um, yeah, yeah, that's just so impressive. I'm like, you know, Captain America was pretty formidable before, but now he's got powers. Like I'm like, this mm-hmm. is this is going to be insane, and and it just goes to show, like Thanos, even without the gauntlet, is one tough hombre. Yeah, uh, because. Oh yeah, he survived an assault from the three most powerful of the Avengers. You know, I honestly mm-hmm. thought that that was the moment we were going to see all three of them die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, oh, it was yes. my it was my genuine thought that we were not going to see any of them make it. When um, when when it sets that up, and Thanos is just sitting there, and the three of mm-hmm. them, the three quote unquote original Avengers, at least yeah. in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you know approach him it is kind of scary <laughs> i'm not gonna lie it's like oh how is this gonna go because thanos mm-hmm. doesn't seem to be worried at all no nope. yeah. not at all thanos so Mike, sitting down and just going yeah all right we'll just wait for this to happen <laughs> yeah. huh. so mike uh mvp Oof. um you know i would want to say lebowski thor but uh <laughs> that's fair if you want to no, it isn't. Um, I didn't. It isn't. No, it isn't. It's. <laughs> it's. It, truthfully, I didn't like the portrayal of Thor at all in this. He, I haven't. To be honest, I haven't liked. The, I'll be honest with you guys. I haven't liked the portrayal of Thor since the since the second movie. But uh, I did. I did. You know. You know. I did think. You know. He was going through. You know. Tr- basically, 
what a lot of soldiers come back with the, you know, the, yep. the trauma and everything sure. and the guilt of, you know, having done what he did with Thanos and, you know, not have feeling that anything came out of it. He didn't, you know, didn't feel the joy of the winning battle that he's always felt throughout his life. And so for MVP, it has to be cap for me in this. I love Tony in it. And the CGI they used at Tony, on Tony when he came back to Earth, how thin he was. Uh, and, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I was actually worried for Robert Downey Jr. I'm like, is he really that thin? I'm like, goodness gracious. No, it's pretty much the same thing they did with Chris yeah, yeah, Evans, yeah. you know. They, they, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Skinny Steve. Yeah, exactly. So that's pretty much what they did. They're experts at it now, you know. Oh, man. But, yeah, he but to see like the a- how how, you know, skinny and worn out and it was just amazing and you know and then i just i thought cap was the glue that held everything together in this you know he was the one who was like trying to you know be the logical one about it and then you know for him to you know say you know when tony came up in the car and they had their heart to heart i just Mm -hmm. i just thought it was awesome you know, when he came back to the fold, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even though like, you know, even though they're on the same page throughout the, this, there's still that tension between them. Mm -hmm. There always will be, Um, uh, which I, you know, as much as we would love to see them be buddy, buddy, they're just not those people. Uh, They're very different. And they they both also have egos and, but, but two different types of egos, you know, mm-hmm. Starks is through the stratosphere <laughs> and, <laughs> and, but caps is confidence. Mm-hmm. And so I just thought it was really well done. Yeah, I definitely. And I loved how they wrapped up his story and, you know, in the comic books, he's gotten old before and such, but I don't, I want his story to end here. I don't want him to, miraculously get young again and become Captain America, you know, type thing. Mm -hmm. Unless they end up throwing a lot of money at him. I, I don't think that's possible. I, I, you know, we'll talk about the future in a bit, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't foresee that happening. I think he's done. It's, it's a satisfying. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's very much. Why why ruin it? Right. Exactly. Especially because he ended up with Peggy, (laughs) which was awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I am going to select two people. I'm going to, it was a tie for me um, because I, look, I expected uh, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, all of them to, to, to do what they do. Uh, mm-hmm. There were two people that surprised me that, uh, and they're in this movie a lot and a lot depends on the, these two that I was, and I was surprised by, uh, I mean, I knew that they were good, but man, I think this is the best I've seen them. And the first is Paul Rudd. Um, well, he was great. Mm-hmm. And at oh, least at least wonderful. the first half Paul Rudd. Um yep. he it's his job when he comes back like he's he's got to sell us on the 5 years, right? And how like mm-hmm. he doesn't know and I'm telling you that scene where he meets his daughter or, or re- encounters his daughter, you know, um like mm-hmm. I can't imagine as an actor like what do you channel to do that and he's got to express joy uh, hesitation, guilt, like, like 
confusion, mm-hmm. like all this in one kind of scene. And yet Paul manages to carry it off. I mean, I knew that Paul was funny and I've seen him do some emotional stuff before, but that was a, a weight that I, I, like I said, I didn't know that he was capable of this kind of performance. Um, and unfortunately, one, after he gets the idea and, and then Tony runs with it, then he becomes dopey Paul Rudd. He becomes dopey Scott, uh, Scott Lang again. And that mm-hmm. kind of was unfortunate. I did not uh, appreciate that. So it, it kind of died for me after that because, mm-hmm. like, look, I mean, he says, like, it's just one of those things. It's kind of like the Ragnarok syndrome where they go, like, they mm-hmm. say, like, like three or four jokes. And then it's like, you should have just cut, like, the last two because they yep. like because like the, when they're talking about um, time travel movies and he says die hard and he goes oh i guess yeah. that's not one i'm like yeah that should have been cut <laughs> that should not have made it in the final print because it was just a, a yeah not funny at all um but the other one for me and this one was solid all the way through and i think it's the best thing she's probably ever done is mm-hmm. Aaron Gillian. Yes. oh yes. yes very much so uh a dual role as nebula in this Mm -hmm. and my goodness uh karen just nails it i mean i think i think she's always kind of been the other sister in the in Mm -hmm. the guardian movies and in the in the and and so to see her kind of come into her own just the sequence that she had with tony stuck on the ship Mm -hmm. um and then uh sort of becoming i'm really kind of can't wait to see the next Guardians movie, because I'm hoping that we see that we get an arc with the two sisters uh, by themselves, uh, kind of having an adventure, and they have to meet up with the uh, you know the Guardians at some point because that dynamic has changed now. It's changed. I mean, well, uh, is, that's a question that that I have: Is Gamora still around? Yes. Yes. Yeah, we didn't see her dusted, so she's still around. Yeah, but she came with Thanos, with with, and everybody who came with him dusted. No, we don't know that. We just know that the bad guys dusted, um, and we, like I said, we didn't see her dust. So since we didn't see, and and okay. and 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 um, Star Lord is actively looking for her at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like so, I'm like, I'm thinking she's still around. Obviously, she wasn't at the funeral because she doesn't know these people. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I imagine that her and you know modern day Nebula are off doing Mm -hmm. whatever they're going to do next. And what an interesting dynamic that is now, because now it's reversed, right? Because Nebula is kind of the good sister now, and Gamora needs to learn how to do that. Um, Wow. Uh, Just phenomenal acting by Karen. Uh, Like, I mean, we've seen her on Doctor Who. We've seen her on other things, but this is just taking it to a whole different level. Um. So uh, I guess we'll talk a little bit about maybe problems, issues, criticisms, like hangups that we've got with Endgame. Um, Jennifer, I know you've mentioned a couple. Is there one that's, uh, that stands out among the, among the pack for you? Yeah, the, I mean, the, the, the Thor fat joke thing. Um, I mean, I was one of the only people that I know that didn't absolutely unconditionally love Ragnarok. Um, I'm right there with you. I I mean, there were, there were some really great parts about it, but uh, it was just for me, Thor, you know, they, they, they set the tone for Thor with that first movie. This was, was epic fantasy. This was, you know, this was Kenneth Branagh, you know, uh, 
as guardians in space kind of thing. And, and Ragnarok took that in a direction that I really wasn't crazy with. And then this, I felt like this doubled down on mm -hmm. it. Um, it's not that I don't think, you know, humor is good. I think that the scenes with him uh, and the guardians <laughs> in um, uh, Infinity War were hilarious. And, and Chris Hemsworth has amazing comic timing. But that was a joke, the, 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 the whole, you know, Lebowski thing, you know, they could have done that for 10 minutes and it could have been funny and then they could have moved on. And I really felt like that was a joke that, that, that stuck around way, way too long and just wasn't that funny. And, and I do think it's, you know, I do think fat shaving is kind of problematic. So. <laughs> you get no argument from me on any of that. Um, but, uh, but I, I, I will say, the the only element of the movie that with Thor that I particularly uh, really just loved was <laughs> his mom. Uh, oh yes, and, and yes, it, that was fantastic. Mom. And then afterwards, when he calls Mewmew, uh, and see, I always butcher the name, so I'm not just going to call it the hammer. Mjolnir. Yes, Mewmew, right? Mewmew. Yeah. Mew -mew. So when he calls, when he calls, when he calls Mewmew, and it comes, and he says, "I'm oh my god, I'm still worthy." Like, like yeah. that, that was a great, that moment. was a really good moment. And, uh, but I felt like it was undercut. I, I get what they were going for. And I get that they didn't want to bring the movie too dark, like and make it too mm -hmm. serious. But uh, I, I do think that the, the Chris Helmsworth has, has, has Chris Hemsworth has made it clear that his version of Thor is, is a funny dude. Um, yeah. And cause he, you know, he wasn't happy with, the first two movies and he, you know, he was really happy with Ragnarok and he's really happy with that, that kind of doing that kind of stuff. And I get it. He does it really well, but it's not the Thor. I want. But he's it's wrong. not the Thor. That I get, <laughs> right? It's not the Thor that I want to see. And unfortunately I do feel like it, it kind of misses the mark for me as well. So yep. I, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, in fact, I will go as so far as to say that I I'm kind of bummed that he looks like might be in the next Guardians movie. Um, yeah, because I, I love. I have heard also they are working on the Thor four also though. Well, I mean, who knows? That's nothing saying he can't be in both. Yeah, no, exactly. exactly. So because I I I thought I, I again I you know the in in Infinity War I thought the scenes with him and the the crew with with Chris Pratt going back and forth were mm -hmm. kind of funny. I didn't. I didn't feel that spark at the end of uh, yeah. of Endgame either. So, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. So, no. Um, Ashley, anything that uh, that you were not entirely happy with? Um, something that I would have liked to see just a little bit more of, and I don't know how they would have done this, is just a little bit more of the impact of Natasha's death. I love the funeral scene at mm -hmm. the end with Tony. I don't want to take away a single thing from that, but it almost felt like. We also lost Natasha, and because it happened in the middle of this battle and this craziness, I feel like it almost got maybe glossed over just a little bit. So again, I don't know how they would have done that within the narrative, but I would have liked to see her get a little more treatment and recognition because, again, she is one of the original Avengers, and um, mm -hmm. her death would have impacted them. So not sure how they would have done it, but would have liked to see a little more reflection on that. I, I, I actually have something on that. Um, it's it's actually inexcusable that they didn't have a 
Black Widow movie first. Yeah. So that yeah, I think yeah. that de- I think her death would have even yeah. been more impactful if that had happened. Yeah, Black Widow and, the movie should have happened five years ago. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh and so Is Black Widow the movie going to be a prequel then? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it has, has to, to be at this point. I mean, I know, I know. It seems like it has no, to no, be, but you it, know. well, I think they've already announced yeah. it takes place in two thousand five. I think. Mm. Okay. Um, but that's just—I mean, who knows? I, I, that's what. I'm two thinking. hours of her laying um, at the bottom of a cliff. But I did think that was, you know, one thing that was they definitely said that, you know, when when after uh, Bruce said, you know, after the snap and he was like, I tried to get her back, but I can't I couldn't like I just yeah. like I, I wanted to. I couldn't get her back. No, exactly. So it's it's for real. She's yeah. gone. Yeah. Um, I would have wanted after she had sacrificed herself for the soul stone to have appeared in Hulk's hand. Yeah. I think that would have been it for me. If that had happened, I would have been ugly crying. Mm-hmm. I would have straight up been ugly crying. I mean, her death and sacrifice uh, is one thing. The whole you got to let me go thing. Um, it's something mm-hmm. that Disney has really taken to. The idea of platonic love being the resolution. Um, yes. And, but, you know, uh, I, I think that that I would have liked it if that happened and we have that moment in which the soul stone had appeared in Hulk's hand. Moreover, I almost feel bad for red skull. <laughs> because no, 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 seriously. Yeah. Cause red skull has been stuck there for like 75 years. Suddenly these two people show up. They're willing to fight over who sacrifices themselves. His curse is about to be lifted. He's going to be fine. It disappears. Two seconds later, his mortal enemy from World War II shows up and goes, here's your stone back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall for that. Oh, I just yes. want to know that they filmed that scene. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a good scene to see. Him. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Alex, is there anything else that uh, I, the, that uh, you had an issue? The with? only thing that that I had an issue with at this point, I mean, there's there's nitpicky things. There's there's fine tuning. There's questions that come up about time. All of that, I don't care about that. Um, there, there's I, I I really don't have any issues with this film. I think as far as comic book movies go, this one's close to perfect. Um, I do feel that we have not given enough props to the excellent performances by Rene Russo in this film, uh, who Mm. came out of nowhere. And I know there was not a single one of us here who was at all expecting that. Um, And I truly think that since she was a witch and knew that he was from a different time period, that she already knew what was going to be happening to her later on. Um, Mm -hmm. Because it just, again, it it adds so many different levels. Uh, This is a, a movie that watching it, you can jump back and look at all these other films. And go, huh? Well, never noticed that before, and now it's got a whole new connotation. I still say the little kid at the mm-hmm. start at, at the expo was not Peter Parker. Don't care what Feige says, but the rest of it, <laughs> I, I'm totally on board with. I honestly, I, I, I don't have at this time. I do not have any problems with this film. Cool. All right, Mike. All right. So, oh dear. <laughs> rolling up the sleeves. Okay, here we go. Everybody get coming. It's a couple of little time. things that bug the crap out of me is <laughs> uh first off, Peter Parker. 
you don't have to, you know, Spider-Man never kept on taking his mask off in any of these battles in the comics or anything like that, or in any of the movies until he joins the MCU. And yeah, it's but just, the it's teenagers great. love him and that's going to be there for marketing. Uh, of course it is. But hi, I'm Peter. He doesn't, Spider-Man just doesn't do, it's like, hi. And, but I did like, you know, Hey, I'm Carol. I like that. That was fun. And, you know, it was cool. Um, I was kind of disappointed we didn't get more Captain Marvel, truthfully, in this movie. Yeah, they hedged their bets on that one, I think, just in case the Captain Marvel movie didn't uh, uh, meet their expectations. Well, I also think, too, I mean... the same thing with uh, with Black Panther, though, in the last film. This is not about her. It's not about the new wave. It's not about, like, I think... The first movie established she's powerful enough to take out a, star, uh, a spaceship, and and like her movie established that. So when she does it here, like I I got that was a thrill for me when when all of a sudden the the cannons started pointing upward and they're like, what are they firing at? I was like, oh I know, like <laughs> this things are just about to get about to get real here. Um, oh, and, and I, I but I did also love awesome. I loved it when Thanos popped out the power stone. And just like whapped her, yeah. And it was just like, it was like okay, but I I expected more Captain Marvel, especially all the buildup they had in the movie. Well, we got plenty of time for more Captain Marvel. Oh, you're gonna get it! I guarantee she's gonna be the linchpin. I hear of the next wave. So I'm sure we're gonna see tons of Carol Danvers, but I was just I was expecting more, and that you know, for me was a little bit of a disappointment. Other than that, like Alex said, I thought it was pretty flawless and I, I loved how it began. I loved how it ended. And, you know, it didn't feel like three hours and two minutes. It did not. No, it didn't. Um, I mean, maybe it did, but, um, it was worth like, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't bored. I was never, you know, like hoping I, I wasn't hoping like, my God, it's gone long. What the hell? Uh, I was like, no, I could watch this. <laughs> I was like, Captain America, I could do this all day. Yeah, um, the three-hour movie, you I'm did. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and Mike, I, I don't know that. I, as far as the Peter Parker stuff, the only thing I will say that uh, okay, so um, I think the biggest pop in the theater that when I saw it was um, uh, the uh, the portal opening and Black Panther coming. I think that had to get the biggest yeah. pop uh, in in there. Uh, Spider Man was probably a close second um, when we saw him. The and and I, you know, as a big Spider Man, I'm a big Spider Man fan, so uh, I was cheering that too. The only thing that I didn't like about that was that all of a sudden, like he's got kill mode. I was like, <laughs> I that I I don't I don't like my Spider Man kill. Mode. I just kill mode I, was I just, introduced I just, I just in Homecoming. Don't. It I was. know, but I, yep. I just, I'm like, why would Tony put in kill mode in a kid's suit? Like, it just makes no sense. Uh, no, it totally makes sense because Tony Stark's out of his damn mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't speak ill of the dead. Um, uh, but he's, uh, yeah, so I, I didn't care for that. Um, I could have done with less of the uh, Iron Spider stuff. Uh, but, uh but you know we're about to get like we're gonna we're about to get our own Spider-Man movie with uh, Mysterio, so I'm happy about that. So, and speaking of what's to come, 
Great segue. Bum, bum, bum. All right. So um, where do you think, where do you th- see things going? What are you happy about? What are you sad about? Um, just an overview, really. We'll start with you, Jen, where things go from here. There was a moment in, in the, the final battle there, and I was I was so happy, but at the same time, I felt like this is kind of cheesy. But I have to admit that that all girl, you know, uh, uh, battle charge <laughs> was yeah, that that screenshot is going to be saved. And a oh, lot of people are yeah. going to be using it. <laughs> Absolutely. That was phenomenal. And 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 yeah, it was kind of cheesy because why why would they why would it be all the women that happened to go? And I apologize for that sound in the background. Um, uh, what sound? No sound. No sound at all. Um, anyway, uh, and I have lost my train of thought. The appearance of a force. Yes. Okay. So, um, so I love. Well, I absolutely loved that moment in in the battle where where all of the the women were were charging in. Um, I thought it was a little bit cheesy, but on the other hand between that and having Cassie and having Morgan and having Clint's daughter, I am super excited for the next phase or, or five of, of the MCU to have a little bit more gender balance than we have seen in the past. Um, I am super excited about all of these, these cool, interesting, rich, well-developed characters that, that that are coming in and I am, I am there for it and I am super stoked about it. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good point. I mean, as much as we love Evans, Ruffalo, Downey Jr., Hemsworth, Renner, they're all a bunch of white guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, like let's like, and, and, and it's uh it, it has to have some diversity in the group. I mean, Hulk is, is green, and, but you know, uh, only when That's he's Hulk. True. Well, and now he's Hulk all the time, apparently. So, mm-hmm. but he's uh, Hulk Kilo. Yeah, that's a. a I, I think I think we're definitely going to get that. I think we're definitely going to get more diversity going forward. That they seem to make that perfectly yep. clear. Like like as you said, with the handing off of the uh, the shield. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know where that's going. I mean, I know that uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon are supposed to have their own show. I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I try and I don't know what, what lies ahead, but I could, I could tell you that um, I, I'm not as com- I'm not as comfortable with that, with that as a Captain America movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how that looks. I mean, they're going to have to sell me on yeah. that a little bit, I think because, because you know, I, it's not, it's not anything about race, of course, but, but I mean, a Captain America who's not Steve Rogers, right. Super Serum, and all that. I, I'm like, I just don't know how I feel about that, you know. So it's something that they're going to have to sell me on, much like the way that they're going to have to sell me on on a Guardians of the Galaxy with Thor. Mm-hmm. So, um, but uh, but Ashley, what about you? What do, what are you uh, excited by? Uh, what are, what do you think is to come? Yeah, so I'm, in a way, I'm kind of both excited and nervous because we're in really uncharted territory here. I mean, after Endgame, where do you go next? What do you do next? How do you top Thanos? And I actually kind of hope they don't even try to top Thanos. And I would love to see them kind of scale back a little bit instead of doing these huge epic team-ups where it's literally every mm-hmm. character from every movie. I would like to see them 
you know, para, maybe Captain Marvel goes on an adventure with um, Doctor Strange or things like that, little mini pairings. And um, I, I am kind of excited about seeing Thor with the Guardians as long as it kind of captures that same magic of Infinity War where they can go a little bit deeper into the characters. It's not just about the jokes, but like maybe how they can kind of help each other as they're all dealing with loss and trying to figure out where they fit in in the galaxy. And again, just super excited to see um, more female characters. I have appreciated the great female characters that Marvel has given us, but I feel like in some ways they have been a little slow to roll out more female characters. So I was glad to see this film start to really put an emphasis on that. And I think many great things are to come. So, you know, maybe we'll never get another Marvel movie that hits 350 million at the box office in one weekend, but I think that's actually okay. Even if we have smaller movies, just keep giving us these great characters. And that's really all I can ask for. Coming. Coming in ten years, Kang. Yeah. yeah now watch, watch as I eat this for the next Marvel, the big Marvel movie, five hundred million at the box. Talk end. about time travel triples. Yeah. Huh? I was going to say, I was like, you know, time travel. There's a lot of Kang in this, in this uh, from the comics, really. Um, but uh, yeah, wouldn't it be kind of cool if they're around with time and everything? Got Kang interested in the Avengers? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean that's certainly an option. Uh, Alex, what about you? What do what do you think is uh, exciting about the future of the MCU? I, I think the <laughs> Doc Brown uh, puts it eloquently in Back to the Future Three. Uh, the future isn't written, um, so we have no idea what to look forward to. Um, Bucky and Sam, uh, their TV show is going to be a lot of fun, but that, that really I don't think is going to play into the cinematic universe. Um, it's, it's going to be really weird. I'm not a hundred percent sure what to look forward to the fact that, uh, I, we've all been waiting for the black widow movie and now we're hearing it's, it's going to be a prequel is a little disappointing to me because as you know, I'm not a big fan of prequels because I know ultimately what happens to the character. Um, I, you know, I just, I don't know. It'll be fun to see, um, uh, uh, far from home simply to see how they address how the universe is handling uh, the second snap mm-hmm. uh, or snapping. Um, it, it's, it'll be interesting to see they Thor does use the phrase, the Asgardians of the galaxy, mm-hmm. um, which of course was also a comic book. We did have an appearance yep. by a force, which absolutely could happen and probably should. Um, there are things that are left over from the previous phases uh, that we haven't talked about. There's a real Mandarin out there. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like that and the, the five rings could certainly be readdressed. Um, it, it's, it's all, I don't know. There's so much out there still that could be, that could be talked about and worked with that. I just, I don't know what to expect. And that kind of thrills me. Isn't it a great thrill yeah, too? Yeah. What do you think, Mike? Well, what I what know, thrills you? What thrills me? Knowing that in just two months we have Spider-Man coming. After that, it's going to be curious to see how they're going to start integrating Fantastic mm-hmm. Four. How they're going to be integrating the X-Men. 
I think it's going to be a while before that we get to the X-Men. Yeah. Though. See, I, I had really been hoping, obviously couldn't, couldn't happen because of how things went with Tony, but I, I had been hoping for, for a, a final extra credits uh, scene at the end to just be Tony uh, sitting at his desk and someone say, uh, Mr. Stark, Stark, there's a call for you in line too. And be like, ah, oh, take a message. And they're like, it's a, it's a Dr. Reed Richards. <laughs> I thought that would, that would be a good way to to just end it and tie in the, the new stuff, but and you wouldn't even have mm-hmm. to cast new people. But well, exactly. Or it could have been something like you know because they messed around with time. Mm-hmm. Now the Fantastic Four is part of the reality. Right. Right. You know something like that would have been awesome. But what Chris I th- have, Chris Evans is back. <laughs> exactly. Looks <laughs> <laughs> a lot like Captain America. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think though, I wouldn't want to see, you know, I don't think we'll ever see anything this big and this massive. I think they'll try maybe, but I don't think we'll get something this grand. So I do like the team ups, you know, they could eventually do a secret wars or they could do a secret invasion or they can do, you know, many of the different crossovers they've done. You know, I'd like them to see maybe all of them going up against Dr. Doom Mm -hmm. or getting together for Galactus, the real Galactus, not the space cloud. You know, there's, there's so much that they can do now. And, you know, with the TV shows, you're going to have a Falcon and Winter Soldier TV show. You're going to have Loki. a Vision and Scarlet, Scarlet Witch show. You know, Loki, like Jen just <laughs> said. You know, you're going to have plenty of different things coming. So it'll be interesting to see where they go with a lot of this and how, if any, if they start tying them together. Hell, there's a talk about a She-Hulk mm-hmm. show with the Hulk in it. So, you know, and I know Mark Ruffalo is open to that. So... I definitely think we have a lot of stuff going. And hell, folks, we got Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. How's that going to tie into it this summer? Probably not at all. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, 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 oh. we didn't call out my favorite cameo, which was Jarvis. Oh, my God. How cool was that? That is. That that was awesome. I believe that's the first time anybody from any of the TV shows. only time that one of the big screen. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Uh, good. I would have, I would have liked I to have seen uh, uh, Coulson in that last battle. Uh, well, I w- or, or at the funeral. That that would. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. Yeah. that would have been upstaging. <laughs> well, I mean, Coulson's gone though. Coulson's dead. He's dead. So. And I'm using air quotes. Yeah, but. yeah, I can see them. Yeah. <laughs> um. I, yeah, I'm excited too. I mean, as much as I'm, I'm, you know, I'm kind of, I mentioned a couple of things that I'm, I'm not as keen on. They'll have to sell me on. Look, I've said it for the last 10 years is that these guys know what they're doing. Like um, they, they have like, I think not given us anything that's been a, like quote unquote, a bomb, Mm -hmm. right? Certain things have been, less successful or less satisfying to me than others, but mostly the consistency has been pretty much like on top of like everything else Uh, and unheard of consistency. If you look at any other franchise, like just compare it to like James Bond or whatever, Star Wars, whatever, like the consistency of the Marvel movies has been pretty, pretty, Mm -hmm. uh, like pretty good. So 
as long as these same people and they get more people that are just as creative are involved. You know, James Gunn is back in the Thank fold. God. Um, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, I don't, you know, I don't know if the Russo brothers are going to continue. I don't know if Marcus and McFeely are going to continue. I haven't heard whether or not, you know, what the John Favreau mm-hmm. and all them are still on board, but my understanding is, is that they, you know, they probably, the door is open. Mm-hmm. So if they do, if they want to be, they will be. And whatever these guys, I mean, they they put as much thought into the next step as they have for this last step. So I'm, whatever, if it comes out and it's got the Marvel Studios logo on it, I'm there opening weekend and I'm excited to see what comes next. Um, and, and I think that's, you know, I mean, they've earned, they have earned my trust. Yep. Um, and so uh, no matter what the, they've got coming up, you know, I'm, you know, I'm probably going to buy the stupid Disney plus yeah. <laughs> app because, because I, I don't want to miss any of that mm-hmm. stuff, you know? Well, so. Disney plus is going to be fairly affordable. I think it's like six fifty a month. They may also be acquiring Hulu. I've heard. Oh, that'd be, so. yeah. So that's, um, it, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. So, well, very cool. Well, thanks everybody for, I know that, uh, you know, this was an extra long talk, but I mean, we could go on for more and more. We're going to be talking about Endgame for decades, <laughs> really. Uh, there's just enough in here that this movie is a tentpole. Like, it is a tentpole for us geeks. It's a tentpole for pop culture. It's not going anywhere. We're going to be talking about this for a long time. So, so thanks, everybody, for joining us to talk about it this week. Um... We'll be right back with the ESO Network comic book. Girlfriend in a coma, I know, I know, it's serious. Girlfriend in a coma, I know. Hey everybody, Michelle here with the Iconic Rock Talk Show Moment, back after a little hiatus, taking a real quick look at a couple of stories in the news. June 7th would have been Prince's 61st birthday, and on that date, his estate will release Originals, a 15-track album with 14 previously unreleased uh, versions of songs that he gave to other artists. These were chosen by Troy Carter and Jay-Z. Uh, the tracks will stream exclusively on Jay-Z's streaming network title for 14 days. On the 21st, Warner Brothers will release the tracks at all download and streaming platforms and physically as CD. Uh, following on, on excuse me, June 19th, there will be uh, a 180-gram vinyl, 2LP set, and limited edition deluxe CD, double LP format. Uh, among the 15 tracks, Manic Monday, Sex Shooter, Jungle Love, uh, a solo version of Nothing Compares to You, which is the only previously released track. Uh, meanwhile, his memoirs, uh, titled The Beautiful Ones, are still on track to be uh, published on October 29th. Uh, the Boss, Bruce Springsteen, releases his first new music in five years on June 14th. Um, that album is called Western Stars. Uh, it says it's inspired by... Southern California pop records of the late 60s and early 70s and explores, quote unquote, a sweeping range of American themes of highways, desert spaces, isolation and community and the permanence of home and hope. Uh, The first single, Hello Sunshine, uh, has an accompanying video and it is out right now. 
Um, I have a blog post up at iconicrocktalkshow.wordpress.com with links to in-depth versions of these stories for you to follow up on. And we will see you again next time. This week on Myopia Defend Your Childhood. Myopia Defend Your Childhood is so named because I believe we are short-sighted on the things we watched as kids. So every week we watch a movie that one of the panelists grew up watching and see if they hold up from comedy to cartoons or to action. And for this season, the last Thursday of each month, we're doing a TV show in our Myopia Morning segments. We watch Saturday morning cartoons and afternoon classics. So find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. How will you stand when we put your past on trial? Myopia Defender Childhood is a member of the ESO Network and produced by Dude Letter Podcast. Let me whisper my last For the week of May 1st, it's the ESO Network Con Report. Well, we've got a few dates in May where you can find ESO Network folks at. Starting this weekend, May 3rd through the 5th, it's Hulanta. What is touted to be the last Hulanta, at least for the foreseeable future, so uh, it's pulling out all the stops. So we're going to find a bunch of network folks there. Mike will be there, of course, President of Earth Station 1 and Earth Station Who. Uh, also, the Watchathon of Wrestling folks will be there. Dr. Geek himself will be there. Uh, the transmissions from Atlantis, transmissions from Gallifrey, but basically the transmissions folks are going to be there. And, of course, representing the Terminus podcast, Nicole will be there as well. Uh, plenty of friends of the station are going to be there, including – the award-winning artist himself, Mark Maddox, who uh, you know we have frequently on this show. There's a lot of other friends of the station going to be there as well. Uh, as a matter of fact, I am going to be on a panel with uh, the aforementioned Mark Maddox. I'm very excited. We're going to be on a panel discussing Honor Majesty's Secret Service, so that's going to be fun. Uh, I'm also on a comics panel on Saturday, and of course, there will be an ESW panel. Uh, but Mike, tell us about the Friday panel that you're excited about. Oh, the Friday panel I'm so excited about. It's called Earth Station. Ready for this? Other Worlds. Because we are doing a sing-along to your favorite TV show themes. That's right. I've pulled up 16 of our favorite TV show themes. And we're going to be singing along with it. We'll have videos on a screen. And I'll have a bouncing ball going, ba 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 So, you know, you'll be able to sing along and say where everybody knows your name. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's going to be a blast so if you are look there's a lot of stuff happening this weekend it is uh may 4th is uh free comic book day it is also of course may the 4th so a lot of people are going to be celebrating star wars everywhere but uh if you are in the atlanta area and you want to celebrate doctor who it's a great convention who this is going to be the the last one for a while so Come on out and uh, and show some Doctor Who love. And we're going to talk about other stuff, too, and just hang out and have a great time. So uh, look for that. Um, other events that I wanted to mention um, is that are happening in May. May 10th in uh, Cyberville, uh, Seaverville, Tennessee. I'm sorry, I'm mispronouncing that. But it Take is, a drink. Uh, I know, right? Um, KFW Wrestling presents the Daredevils of Wrestling. And uh, Richard, who is part of the PWR Spot Show, will be uh, presenting a live podcast 
uh, before the event. So you don't want to miss out on that. He's been uh, having a great fun doing those lately. So check out the Daredevils of Wrestling, May 10th, that is a Friday, at the River Plantation RV Resort Conference Center. Uh, uh, check that out. And also uh, coming up at the end of May, that is on the 20, I believe it's on the 24th through the 26th, is Treklanta. And uh, the Trek this year on ESO will be represented by the Nerd Bliss folks. I know that Chris, Dan, and all the, the fine folks over at the Nerd Bliss podcast will be, uh, be engaging in panels and have a blast at Treklanta. So those are the immediate uh, May events that you can find ESO Network folks at. Uh, if you've got a convention that you want us to help promote, please reach out to us because we love talking about conventions. Welcome to a Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this Geek Girl is talking about Doom Patrol Part 2. So this time, I'm going to be talking about episodes 5 through 8. If you missed my episodes 1 through 4, go back and check it out, because I'm going to be doing these Doom Patrol episodes in spans of four episodes each for each one, because it's a long season and not all the episodes are out yet. So this time, I'm going to be talking about Paw Patrol, Doom Patrol Patrol, Therapy Patrol, and Danny Patrol. So for Paw Patrol, which in my opinion has one of the greatest moments in it in the entire season, this episode carries on where episode four, Cult Patrol, left off. So Mr. Nobody goes back in time to instill in one of Crazy Jane's personalities a cult to help get rid of the end of the world apocalypse cult. Jane creates a group inside the insane asylum she is in, making sure everyone knows how to stop the end of the world when the signs show up. And instead of having their scroll be on a human that has to be sacrificed, they decide to put it on a dog. And it can only be read when a bell has rung, which means the dog doesn't get hurt. And that is fantastic to me because the dog in this episode that has a scroll on it is a black pug. And everyone that knows me knows I have a black pug. And so this made me super, super happy that pugs will save the world from the apocalypse. Best thing ever. I was squeeing with happiness during this episode when I saw that. So the next episode, Doom Patrol Patrol, has us going to the mansion of the original Doom Patrol, a three-person superhero group that Chief ran. We see the group interact with the three members of the older group, and we see Rita with an old flame, Minto, who was the leader of the Doom Patrol group, who we written we then find out is actually having issues with his powers going out of control and we see that the school for the metahumans is nothing more than a nursing home for these three members of the old doom patrol because they battled mr nobody and now they're not all together anymore because they lost we also see that the chief has a room at the mansion for jane And she isn't sure what the purpose of that is because this is where the chief has sent his basically thrown away beta humans that he can't help anymore. So she has a lot of conflict with that. And it's really interesting to see that Jane is the one character in the show that is just so deep and has so much character development. And it is fantastic. In Therapy Patrol, Cliff has an outburst and the team decides to have a group therapy session. We get a nice in-depth look at each character in this episode. 
learning a lot about their past since the episode has slowly showed extra details, but we've never really gotten like a good chunk of what is going on. And a lot of this episode, we get to see where everyone is coming from. We later see Jane show everyone her painting of Cyborg in the middle, you know, in the middle with everyone dead around him. And we see that Cliff is, one, doesn't care about the painting. He wants Jane to open up. And Jane just kind of like lashes out at him saying that, how can he be a good father when he isn't even a man? And then he lashes back at her. And we later find out that his lashing out and his violent outbursts are because he has Admiral Whiskers, a rat inside of him that was sent there by Mr. Nobody. And is just making Clint cliff go crazy we then in danny patrol which is episode eight of this season we meet the sentient genderqueer teleporting street danny that is being hunted down by the bureau of normalcy danny asks for the help of the chief but instead he gets cyborg and negative man to help him the danny storyline was so amazing in this episode and in this entire series which is all about inclusion and no matter how weird the world thinks you are, you have a place in it. And this episode was about being yourself and not changing because the world hates or doesn't like you. And it was totally fantastic and uplifting. I would suggest like anyone watch this episode. It is amazing to me just how, how far this show is trying to go to show that like, everyone can be loved. So we also, and I know that's really, really deep, but it is such a good episode. And then on the other line, we also get to see Rita and Cliff go after Karen, who is one of Jane's personalities, who basically lives her life in a 90s rom-com. And you get to see Jane with blonde hair and big pink dresses and acting like she's in like a movie from the 90s. So that part was also very interesting, but the whole Danny storyline in this episode is one of my favorite things about the entire Doom Patrol season one. It is just so great and just hits you in the heartstrings. And you get to watch drag queens perform, and it is amazing. So I suggest everyone just watch episode eight. If you do not plan on watching Doom Patrol at all, just go watch episode eight. It is fantastic. So, so far, I am loving all the episodes of Doom Patrol this season, and I can't wait to see more of them. I hope that season one is done well enough that they will make a season two, because this show has just been fantastic. Well, thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. So that's going to wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. I want to thank everyone for joining us. Jen, you made it back once again. I did. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. It was great to see all you guys again. It was awesome. Anything you want to shout out about? Uh, not not really. I mean, I'm, I'm around online. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter at, at uh, that Jen Hartz. And, um, I, uh, I've gotten, I'm doing a lot of, um, live streaming of tabletop role-playing games. So if anybody is interested in those, give me a shout. I've got a couple of different ones going right now. 
Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm just I'm just out there, just hanging around. Well, we'll see you this weekend, as we mentioned earlier. Yes, at Hulanta, the final. Absolutely, Hulanta. yes. I am so excited, and and I just found out that I'm going to be interviewing Janet on on Sunday, or or leaving the Q and A for Janet on Sunday. So I'm super excited. Congratulations. Thank you. That is awesome. And of course, Alex Autry. Oh, always a pleasure. Uh, love getting to talk about this stuff. And um, a, a fantastic panel once again. So. Oh, always great to have you. Anyone you, or anything you want to shout about? Um, for those who are in the Atlanta area, uh, this Friday in Canton, Georgia, is Southern Honor Wrestling's uh, big event, uh, Retaliation. And they are trying. They are attempting something that has, uh, for independent wrestling and in Georgia, is unheard of. They're trying to get a thousand people to come out. So they have loaded this card up huge, including the last independent wrestling uh, appearance of Cody Rhodes uh, before oh, wow. he goes all in. So um, should be interesting. There's there's other things uh, that are going to happen, and they're not saying what any of it is. So. Uh, if you can make it out there, the ticket prices are ridiculously cheap. General, general admissions ten bucks, and kids ten and under get in free for the general admission. So it's a really great event. It's a lot of fun, and I highly recommend it. The people who put it on uh, are are fantastic. So um, definitely, uh, that's what I'm going to send my shout out to. That and obviously read all of Ashley's reviews on Earth Station. Thanks. Yay! And of course. The aforementioned Ashley Pauls. Oh, thank you so much for having me back. Um, I was just thinking that the original Avengers movie is one of the first podcasts I did with ESO, I think, in those early days. So it's really cool to think that, you know, here all these years later, we're talking about, like, the ending of the story. So thanks for giving me a chance to talk about geek stuff. Hey, at least you didn't think that one was going to be a flop. That's so right. It's okay. I've, I've learned. Hopefully I've learned things over the years. I'll continue to learn. <laughs> Ooh, I was scared there. I thought you were going to be like, and no, without, I'm going to retire. No, 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 I'm no, done no. with you guys. You're going to have to take me out the airlock. So I, I hopefully for many years to come. I could live. Okay. No, we're very happy to have you part of the show, part of the network. You're doing so much, and we already have a reservation for you for Dragon Con 2020. I'm so it's okay. Coming back someday. It's like I, I got the Dragon Con bug. So. Yeah. That is awesome. You should probably wash your hands. I, I know. I, I should, but yeah. I, just, I just keep coming back for more. You know, some, <laughs> some people call it con crud. She just calls it the dragon con bug. It's so okay. I, I it's don't see wrong. it as a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. But, yeah, great to have you. And, Mr. Mike, we made it through another one, my friend. Absolutely, man. And as always, it's it's my pleasure. And this one even more so than usual because uh, this is epic, man. Oh, it definitely was. And it's it's awesome because, you know, they just get bigger and bigger and bigger. And we're there to witness it together. It's awesome. Well, really, it's all downhill from here. Of course <laughs> it is. <laughs> well, there you go. No, 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 no. We've got another saga that's wrapping up uh, this this year. So uh, we'll be... <laughs> what could that be? Actually, two sagas. Two sagas that are wrapping up this year that we got to cover. So Three sagas, technically. Three. Three. Well, well Game of Thrones yeah. and uh, Star Wars. Yeah, that's the two I was thinking of. What were you thinking of? 
Well, we also take Avengers. Avengers. Okay, gotcha. Right. I meant <laughs> I meant others that we have to cover. So. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll be, that's what we'll be covering all this year. Is so- ending sagas. The damn ending of the sagas. All right, gotcha. Um, but speaking of, uh, you know, we, we mentioned in the counterpartner and you just mentioned Hulanta, uh, uh, I'm going to be uh, joining the Watchathon of Rassilon folks uh, that are on the ESO network. I'll be joining them on a panel. And I'm really excited uh, to uh, also say that uh, they just uh, released episode 100. Yay! Uh, on their podcast. So that's an amazing feat in and of itself. And I will be joining them on episode 101. Uh, we reviewed Androids of Terra. They're in the key of time, a Tom Baker era. So that was a lot of fun to talk to them about it. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be released before. Well, obviously, I don't think it's going to be released before Atlanta because that's coming up uh, pretty quickly now. But uh, yeah, look for that uh, within the next couple of weeks. So uh, but they're great guys. Uh, Tony and Joe uh, are just a fantastic couple to hang out with and talk Doctor Who. So, and they, yeah, they've, they've made it to into the three digit mark. Good for them. Congratulations, guys. Definitely, you know, it is a milestone. And when you get your podcast to episode 100, it doesn't get much easier. <laughs> <laughs> At all. Nope, 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 nope. But anyway, all right, my shout out real quick. And we are going to, you know, we talked all about how how intense, you know, Endgame was and how, you know, everyone was like worn out and, you know, tired of it and thrilled and overjoyed all the emotions and everything. And then came Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh my god after between that those two things this weekend i felt like you know i if i didn't drink i would have to have a drink you know type thing it was we were through the rigor and it was just amazing i thought you know people were complaining it was d- too d- dark and such yeah and yeah it was but you were able to tell most of all what was going on i think they did that purposely because you know, it was at night and they wanted you to get the feel of suspense like the people there that you couldn't really see much in front of you. And I just thought it was really well done and the ending shocked the hell out of me. And very well done, Game of Thrones. And we still got three episodes left to go, folks. Oh, yeah. So I think it's going to be a roller coaster. So it should be interesting to see what happens. Definitely want to hear from you guys at home. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com. Been great, you know, chatting tonight with everybody. Thank you. Thank you for everyone. And, you know, we'll be back again next week. We're doing random geek talk. So you can punch who knows that what we'll be talking face. about Avengers. But, you know, I just have a feeling we'll be talking about something no, no, Avengers. No, 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 no. no, no, no. No. no, no, we won't be. This it's not just going to be Avengers. It's not going to just be Endgame Part Two. Okay, <laughs> I'm sure it's going to come up. Probably, sure. it's, like it's going to probably come up on every single podcast that we record. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> after every like every movie review is going to start with, "Well, was it better than Endgame?" <laughs> well, duh. Hello, come on. Certainly, certainly this year, I, I certainly don't see, I don't see anything beating it. Not even coming close. Even the Star Wars? Even the Star nope. Wars. 
Wow. Ooh, okay. They're coming for his fight time now. <laughs> oh, can I, okay. Can I just can I just tell you one of them? I heard one of the most disturbing things in the theater that I that I've ever heard uh, before Avengers started. We saw the trailer, the teaser for mm-hmm. um, the new Star Wars movie, Rise of the Skywalker. And there was a, there was like three young people. And I mean, really young, like teenagers um, uh, next to me, sitting next to me in the theater. And I, as the trailer ended, I heard one whisper to the other, um, Star Wars is dying. (gasps) No. Yeah. (laughs) And on that note, folks, have a great night. We'll see you here next time on the Air Station One podcast. Peace. And we're done. (laughs) (laughs) You've been listening to the Air Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Earth Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our T Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.